Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Find The Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. You're listening to Season 5 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McElroy. Well, we are now officially in season five. We've been in season five for a few episodes now, but our audience doesn't know that this is the first one that I really think I've known is for sure season five. So we're here in season five. I've got an amazing movie that so many of you have reached out to me to cover over the years, but guys, this movie's really hard to find, and I think I know why. Um, it's highly roasted on the internet, and it's also just like not... I don't know. It's like not woke. It's also very easy to make fun of. We have a young boy at the center of it. We don't typically have a male lead unless he's some sort of like, you know, hero who survived a childhood. Um, Guys, we're doing Cyber Seduction, His Secret Life. My guest tonight is Nate Fisher. Nate, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Of course. And now, just so you know, you've done Please Advise. We also were in the same sketch comedy group, Hella Shovelhead, in college, uh, about a decade apart. Um, Nate's a stand-up and known around town. But Please Advise is a little bit more formal here on the show. You know, things get a little bit, they get a little bit relaxed. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, this, I'm very excited for that. I'm... I did stop showing up stoned uh, to this podcast, which is great. Um, But if anyone wants to uh, relive one of my personal nightmares, uh, there's an episode that was recorded two days after Donald Trump was elected uh, somewhere on this feed. You can go do the math yourself. And um, if you ever want to hear what I sound like a blackout drunk and and, uh, sort of in a pit of despair, you can (laughs) refer to that episode. But we're here today. We're sober. We're loving it. Um... Nate, I will tell you, this movie, every Monday, I'm always doing my notes for the movie, and every Monday, the love of my life slash my only family member out here, Martha, my cleaning lady, comes. And it's summertime, so she brings her daughter, Amber. Now, I am also the daughter of a cleaning woman, so I, like, fully relate to Amber's journey, and I'm always like, Amber, like, let's get into it. I, like, you know, have Disney movies for her on. I have snacks, treats. We always hang out. But today... When I was doing my notes, I said to Martha, Martha, I'm watching a movie that's very inappropriate, and I can't hang out with Amber today. (sighs) So we set Amber up. She watched her Ace Family. She did her YouTube. She did all that. But uh, yeah, this movie's inappropriate. It's about full-blown masturbation all the time, although we never see it. We see one. There's one shot really towards the end in the in the pit of despair of our main character when it's like a it's like a jump shot montage and in one of the shots he does an o face that's you see i was looking for that the whole fucking movie and i was like is this happening now and then i was like well they've led us astray all this okay 
So you and I clocked the same potential. They really make you, but they make you okay. wait for it. They make you sweat it out. You're like, oh, we got to see him nut. And then he never does until the very end. Yeah. I mean, like, for all we know, this kid just, like, watches porn all the time. Yeah. So I wanted to have you on because you're a young, uh, you know, virile man. Is that, a, is that the word we're going to use? Let's yeah. go with that. Yeah. And uh, I, I am, I, uh, you know, I don't really know for me, too much about porn. I'm not going to play ignorant. I've been on the set of a porn, been at the Playboy Mansion. I also hung out at the Bunny House. Damn. I have, I, for a person who's oddly been exposed to a lot of porn in the, in the face of it, porn parties, all of it, I don't have a lot of experience with watching it, and I also do not have the experience of ever having a straight male mind. Sure, yeah. And as somebody who came of age in the latter half of the 2000s, like this character does, I have the uh, very, very deep reservoir of lived experience of both myself and everyone I knew growing up uh, to see just what in this film is relatable. And the answer is quite a lot. Do you know what you were doing when you were, like, jerking off to porn at this kid's age, what I was doing on the internet? What were you doing? I was at Boston College administering the number one Degrassi The Next Generation message board on the entire fucking internet. That's great. I was a queen. I also had to fully come out to the entire group, uh-huh. um, like junior year, because it had started to really take over my life. And everyone was like, where are you on Saturdays? Like, where? what's going on? And I had always been a little bit of like a shut-in. You know yeah. what I mean? I come out for my friends. But I was never even like, when I drank, I would go hard. But I was never really a drinker. I was sort of like a smoker, chiller type girl. Um, And I remember I went into Shovelhead. And I said, guys, I have to tell you something. And I was like really nervous. My palms were sweating. And I came out to them and said, guys, I have been for the last three years spending about 40 hours a week in ministry. 40? <laughs> Probably close. But, I mean, here's the thing. I was taking um, one of my friends' concerta. So I was writing sketch, and like, 10 sketches a week, doing my Degrassi message board. I don't know when I was going to college and uh, making my senior thesis film or whatever we had to do in the film program there. But, uh, yeah, I had, a major, I had a major addiction online as well. And yeah. it was talking about... Sweet, sweet Degrassi Junior High and Next Gen. Well, I was actually, in addition to, you know, uh, cranking it however many times a week, I was also a a high-ranking member of a gaming clan at this time in 2005. So watching this made me just like, brought back just like a flood of of cringe memories, both of the... Which clan? uh, It was a a Star Wars Battlefront clan. Uh, gaming clan, and there were a bunch of other ones as well. That was, and it was just, uh, it was a, very large at one point. There were like hundreds of members. I don't want to like say you've made mistakes in your life, but what if things had gone differently and you had gone wide with the gaming clan? I I could have very easily. Like there, but for the grace of God go I. I say several times when I look at people who are like hopelessly addicted to video games. You know, if I didn't. Uh, find film or like doing comedy no no no. i meant what if you got rich off of it oh well then then it would have been an incredible decision is also not gonna make you i also like i will say that i wasn't uh good i was just i just played it a lot you were mid-level yeah yeah yeah. most of us were not that good either it was like it wasn't a professional it wasn't like a twitch thing this is like well before that yeah exactly Yeah. yeah 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 Um, do you, I thinking, I'm thinking I'm going to be a, 
a Twitch streamer. Dude, you should do it. I have, like, my whole layout done. I have, like, my OSB. I have everything going. I'm what r- games are you going to stream? Well, Sims, number one. Okay. But two, I want to read Angel Cards, and I also want to do my arts and crafts. Okay, that's smart. So, yeah. like, I want to have, like, a close-up cam on just, like, my clay and my clay tools, and I like to make little, like, clay animals and dioramas. Oh, and you can, like, make them – you can put on, like, a show. You can have it be, like, a, a Well, a soap I wouldn't opera. really do that. I'd more focus on my art and kind of let the audience maybe, you know, like start a little fandom within like what they think goes have on them become the, the forum moderators of your of your stories exactly yeah. can you imagine if i had moderators on a twitch stream about me making craft like <laughs> clay animals they could spend 40 hours a week on it that's next level you don't even know how much time i have for that so cyber seduction is starring i thought i thought this whole cast was really phenomenal and stand out for a lifetime in one way and that None of these people are typical commercial actors, except for maybe the dad, Richard Peter, or no, Steve Peterson mm-hmm. was his name, but he's listed as Richard Peterson on the IMDb. It must be a first name, middle name thing. That's like me. My first name is Graham. No, the character's name is listed as Richard Peterson, oh. Peterson when his name was clearly Steve. Yeah. And at one point during the beginning, there's another name thing. Now that I know that there's some like, Maybe some loose stuff going on over here. In the first scene, when the little brother brings up his girlfriend, he calls her Meg. But her name's Amy. Amy, yeah. Yeah. Amy is, like, kind of a big star. She's in Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass 2, Hot Tub Time Machine. She works. Agent Carter, How I Met Your Mother. She had a real fucking streak on How I Met Your Mother, 65 episodes. Um, and then we have Justin Peterson, who's our lead. I really liked him. He's played by Jeremy Sumter, who has also had a nice little career for himself. He's in Peter Pan. He, uh, was in Frailty, Into the Storm, Friday Night Lights. I don't, J.D. McCoy. Who did he, who's J.D. McCoy? I don't know. I've never seen. Oh, come on. You got to get with. How can you say that you love entertainment if you've never seen Friday Night Lights? Oh, I'm, I'm anti, uh, I'm anti-television. That's my, my, my strong take. What about the movie? Oh, I haven't seen the movie. You have no excuses. I, that one I don't have And an also Peter for. Berg's like just a fantastic creator. And I don't think you should box him into like a, you know, a genre. That's true. But anyway, um, not to like, you know, but you should watch it. It's really healing. Um, Kelly Lynch is the mother in this movie. And I think she's fucking phenomenal. Like throughout this whole thing, you would probably know her from, um, being Laurel Cooper in the 90210 reboot a few years back. She also was on the L Word playing a character named Ivan. We love that for her. Um, and she's just worked really steadily and to me was like the standout of this whole movie. And, I really thought she was fantastic. And she is the uh, love interest in one of the greatest movies of all time, Roadhouse. Oh, there we go. Yeah. See, so, like I said to you before we started this, I was like, I know that I'm going to have... I always get, like, people in my text being like, how did you fucking not know that? And I knew that I wouldn't. Yeah. This is, I'm going to get a text from my mom on that. She loves Roadhouse. It's so good. It's a perfect movie. One of her faves. Okay, so let's just break right into this thing. Okay, so Cyber Seduction, His Secret Life, we open up on a very standard, as we always say, probably came right in Final Cut Pro typesetting font. I, I liked it. I always like a typewriter font. It oh, yeah. It never bothers me. Yeah. That, 
That's like that Woody Allen thing where Woody Allen doesn't have any title sequences in his movies. It's just always like black and like white text like that. Yeah. Yeah. I but somewhere in between the two of those, I would give it that much credit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we open up on this young man breaking into his school after hours through a small window. He goes to the indoor pool. You realize eventually that he's hurt. It's not like obvious at first. Uh, he's holding his kidney or something and his nose is bloody. And he stands at the end of the pool with his arms open, spread eagle arms, and he he lays there floating once he jumps in. Like, I'm thinking to myself, oh, he's pretending he's dead. Right. So, like, when someone comes in, they're like, oh, he's already dead. We can move on. Yeah, I loved it because that, that that scene is, like, the, uh, the like, all-time, like, screenwriting hack move. Yeah. To just throw a big scene at the beginning because you don't know how to start the movie. Well, we do that big time on Lifetime mostly because we have 127 minutes or, mm-hmm. you know, or an hour and 27 minutes. Like, there's not a lot of minutes here. They got to get it in tight, and they love a good you know, get you hooked the right. first 10 minutes you lay down after a couple tequilas at the hotel. You know what I mean? They yeah, love to hook yeah. you like that. Um, but you're right. It's it's very lazy. And also pointing out this. Lifetime, we've done maybe six or seven of these movies in pools or like, yeah, we did one where two girls were trapped in a pool for 24 hours together. We've done multiple ones where we did Killer Coach where a girl was a swimmer. I think that they must be doing swimming especially indoor swimming because it's completely contained to one set. It's like a space that you can get for a week and use however you want. Exactly right. It's, you don't have to rely on weather. It's like none of it matters. Like you just start renting out of high school and that's it. Yeah. And I will say, uh, I don't think you know this about me, but like the main character, I was also almost a high school state champion swimmer. Well, what you might not know about me is I also was almost a high school state champion swimmer. What we was have your a event? lot in common. A, a, a lot in common, not common, honey. That's later. Um, my oh, event dear. was 500. Free. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I did the 100 fly. Yeah, that's like impressive. I really don't. I fly and butterfly. Like, I, I, butterfly, when I saw mom going off on fly. I almost was like, how could you? How, I, I don't know how people do that. I oh. don't have the coordination for that. And also my mother was a – was and still is like a one of the one of the very good swimmers of her age. Of the world? Of the world. Well, she has world records in certain age groups for like master swimming. Well, you don't, So basically she's like the mom and killer coach, which is like she's a bronze medalist in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. That's basically your yeah. mom. So yeah. we're going to draw a lot from that I think. I will tell you that I thought breaststroke, bomb, can always fuck with breaststroke. Backstroke, a little hard for me. Okay, I, no one in my family can do breaststroke. We, everybody who would ever do it would always get DQ'd if we do breaststroke. Why? Because just none of us knew how to do it right. Oh, all it's of my the un- easiest. All of my uncles, like the kick, they couldn't get the kick motion down. I was terrible at it. My dad was terrible at it. My mom was terrible at it. It's crazy. We're a swimming family. But butterfly, dude, that fucking dolphin tail is the same jam. That's yeah, the hardest part. we had good part. quads. We had, we had nice quads. We had we'd really Your quad stocky people, physiques. Your yeah, quad yeah, yeah. family. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, this is a big swimming movie, and I wish that we got a little bit more of it considering it's supposed to be the most important thing in this kid's life. Right, But yeah. we're going to have some swim time. Um so we're going to cut back in time and see that three months earlier, he was in this pool tearing up the lanes. Yeah. Killing yeah. it. Um, 
We find out the two swimmers on the team that made the States were Nolan Mitchell and Justin Peterson. Justin Peterson is our lead. Now, his mom is there to congratulate him. His whole family is, like, very supportive of him. They love him. Like, the enthusiasm that goes into just Diane, the mom. I'm in love with Diane. Mm-hmm. Like, the more I watched it, the more I thought about it. I always This always happens to me. I think she's the real protagonist of the film. Yeah. I think this no, is... No, she a... absolutely is. This is television for women. Mm-hmm. This is about what a mom does when she has... As a, a pervert son. It's a story of a mother's crippling addiction to narking on her kid. Come on. She was, <laughs> honestly, you saw what happened, okay? His life came tumbling around. I But the, you know what? Here's the thing. I want to talk about this like throughout the movie a lot, too. Because I do think I was wrestling with it. Is this movie more helpful or harmful? And I was thinking that it was probably a lot more helpful than harmful. Interesting. Because I think that a lot of people don't really view... Like porn and sex, especially in particular, as an addiction. Yeah, no. and this was introducing it as an addiction to parents and saying like your son's not just a hornball who won't stop jacking off. Like right. we live in a new culture where this is like a video game. I I completely agree with that. I will say though that everything that happens in the third act of the movie is uh, certainly retrograde and very backwards in its approach to, you know, like people that make this stuff or indeed anybody of, of any who has like anything uh, sexual going on in their lives. Like we're getting ahead of ourselves with the ending, my God. But also here's the other thing too, is that this is where we, I always struggle with this as well because I'm like, well, if this didn't happen, you know, but that's what makes it not a documentary or a real movie, but in fact a Lifetime movie. Sure, yeah. It's like if it didn't have that crazy twist that they had to do to get themselves out of there mm-hmm. in another, you know, five minutes, then... Right. Okay. So mom's really great. Love her. The next day at school, the cool kids are all about him now, all right? They're fucking pumped on him. And you should know that the cool kids, for me, are all dressed like the burnouts and Clueless. Hmm. It was for 2005. They were really rocking some serious Travis, like Travis Birkenstock, Ty, like... Tor- like sorry. One more time. For me, they were really rocking this, like, very Travis Birkenstock stoner sort of thing, which is not normally what you get for popular kids. And the popular kids are not also usually the flunkies, which is what this group was for sure. Yeah. Um, We have Monica, who is great, and we just have to address her um, after I think we play this clip. But just know that when the cool kids are talking to him, Justin this whole time cannot keep his eyes off of Monica. Let's play uh, 336 to 422. Oh, Peterson. Stroke, man. I heard you made Allstate. I saw some, right, dude? Thanks. What Allstate team? He's a swimmer, butthead. The best 100 freestyler in the whole damn state. Jeez, don't you listen to the announcements? Yeah. When I'm in them. <laughs> it's nice duly being a voter someday. <laughs> I mean, it's no big deal, really. All right, later. Yo, give me a call sometime. We should hang out. Yeah, sounds cool, Timmy. Okay, so I love this like limp biscuit sound alike that's happening in the background. Yeah, obsessed with the sound alikes, and I also my personal passion is trying to identify who they're trying to sound alike because typically 
there's someone that they're exactly copying. Like, yeah. I love a good 311 copy. I didn't real uh, saying that, I, I thought when they were doing the Linkin Park later in the movie, I thought that was actually Linkin Park. They had me fooled. Oh, no. Yeah, they didn't have any real budget movie. Like, right, of course. Yeah, for yeah. music. Some, well, sometimes they come through. They'll have, like, five big hits in the movie. Huh. And I'm like, who was on budget that day? Like, what happened? Um, two lines in this I love. Geez, don't you listen to the morning announcements? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, buddy, like, you're such a loser. You don't listen to the morning announcements. Who ever listened to the morning announcements? Ever. I, I love I love in this scene the way the camera uh, wants to show how our main character ogles the the Monica. girl Monica and it does it by also ogling her which yeah. is like really undermining the point of your movie if you're engaging in this kind of like lascivious camera work on a sophomore or well, she's a senior but is still a high school student yeah there's a lot going on with Monica in terms of Mike like the way I feel about her age and everything else like what's really going on with Monica's private life um, but I do love Timmy saying yeah there should be a law against Monica yeah that's iconic um, so Monica's look, I do have to get into a little bit of fashion for my girlies. Monica's look is very unfortunate in this scene. It's very early two thousands as is the whole movie, obviously. Um, but they really didn't do her any favors with this wardrobe. The clothes are incredibly ill fitting and dying to get this point across that she's a slut, right? It's all they care about. Yeah. So they have her in some like real true religion, low rise moments with like this cardigan that's open. And unfortunately it just is like. If she was confident and rocking it, which this actress is, it just it was like it just was unflattering. It looked she looked bigger than she was, and it was it was weird to me that a wardrobe department would do this to her, especially what we come to know of Monica's status and everything else we know about her that, that she'd be running around in this like ill fitting, weird clothing. Um, also, her her hair and makeup's just terrible. Okay. Her highlights are really bad, and her makeup it's all very early two thousands, and it's all very. I don't know, like Ross, but from the early 2000s. Let's just like put it that way. You know what I mean? Ross. You might not. Dress for less? Yeah. Okay. Like we're not talking TJs. We're not like this is where the wardrobe department went when they were like, God, we got to find like, you know, six tops for this girl. She's this size. Like get whatever cotton top looks like this girl would wear it. Let's go to Kmart. Yeah. That's how I feel like Lifetime. This is definitely one of those Lifetime movies for anyone who's wondering. So... Um, the guys are all pretty normal looking, I would say, in, uh, in comparison to like a lot of the high school casts that we see in Lifetime movies, which again is what I liked about this movie's casting is that none of these people are traditional, like commercial looking actors. Justin himself looks like someone who could work after this and he did. So that was good. Good on me, Malls, before checking the IMDb. I was like, he could have a career. My question is, so this movie suffers from a lot of uh, problems of time and place, right? It's got a lot of incongruities. I find, like, a lot of the hair on those guys, I was like, I really feel like by 2005, that's not how people. That's what I was saying when I said that they, like, remind me of people in Clueless, which was a full decade beforehand. Like, these people who are supposedly popular jocks are dressed like burnouts from 1995. Yeah, yeah. These people look like they play hacky sack and listen to Pearl Jam. Nothing, mm-hmm. you know, nothing wrong with that. Just different, like mode. I would say definitely in a high school situation. So um, after uh, school, mom picks him up, and she's got the little brother in this movie. And it, I'm sorry, one more time. 
So after school, mom picks up Justin and he has, uh, she has Alex, his younger brother in the car. And I hate Alex. I wind up liking him later, but he is insufferable. Yeah, he's tough. He's, he's really tough. tough. And, yeah. you know, it, it's never easy for kids. Like, that's one of the kind of, like, things about child acting that's, like, not really harped on enough as far as I'm concerned, which is, like, you can't win. Like, you're annoying on TV or you're cute and then you're not. Or, you're like, you're under, you know, you're green. Just stop writing kids into movies. We Genuinely, yes. I mean, like, it, it's, it's weird they, the way they, like, feel the need to, like, focus on on kids and young adults so much in movies i mean we can't all be room you know what i mean we're not going to get that like great performance especially on lifetime this is probably a canadian six-year-old who has like you know 10 hours a week he can film so after uh after that we find out that justin's got a girlfriend named amy and he goes to her house and they're all christian oh wait yeah this is okay this is good Wow, look at you. Exactly, look at me. I look like Tammy Faye. Um, I'm meeting Greg at the Carlton for drinks at five. Is, is there any way you could please... Sorry. A 20-minute makeover. Please. Okay. You just drop the kids off here. and I'll be at your place around 3.45, something. God, I love you. Okay. So we're going to do what? Sorry. So we're going to watch two quick scenes here. First, we're going to see the mom picking up the younger brother at school, running into a friend of hers who's a teacher there. And then after that, we're going to listen to the scene of Justin going to his girlfriend's Amy's house for the first time. Now, I think that Justin, his brother called Amy Meg at one point during this. So her name is Meg in half of my notes. Listen for that. Maybe I'm just wrong. 439 through 608. Here. Hey. Wow. Look at you. Exactly. Look at me. I look like Tammy Faye. Um, I'm meeting Greg at the Carlton for drinks at five. Is, is there any way you could please... A 20-minute makeover. Please. Okay. Let me just drop the kids off and I'll be at your place around 3.45, 3.50. Something. God, I love you. Thanks. Bye. Oh, come on. I'd be like 90% off. But you had work today. Oh, I took a sick day. I did hair and makeup at the senior girls' graduation pictures. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah, some real beauties. I got a few phone numbers in my bag. Right. Fish boy's saving his spit for Amy. Well, I'm saving my fist for you. Oh. Hey, come on. Hey, hey, come on. guys. Come on. Guys, start off. Stop. Good night, Justin. Bye, Mrs. Hewitt. Good night. You get some rest now. Yes, yeah, I will. Bye. I have to go in. No, you don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> Justin! What? Not now, okay? When? What, are we on a schedule for this? It's all you ever talk about. No. Right. Well, you're right. I'm being a total jerk. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come here. I'll see you in the pool, okay? I gotta go. No, I'll see you in the pool, okay? So, um, just so everyone at home knows, because Nate, you'd be surprised how many people do not watch the movies and just listen to this. Instead. Oh no, I can, I can, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we we give them the movie. Um, they're standing on a suburban porch, 
when this happens. So when she says not right now, I'm like, does she think that, I mean, maybe he is trying to have sex with her right there mm-hmm. on the front porch of her Christian parents' home yeah, in I mean, that suburban neighborhood. That that scene with the with the nighttime is one of the first times that, of the many, that watching this movie, I was reminded of Blue Velvet. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's got a... It, it, takes a lot of the same subject I matter. I thought you were thinking Blue Valentine. No, no, very different like, film. No. Okay, I was like, "Whoa, all right." And I was like, "Could I could see it, by the way. Keep going, Blue No, Velvet. I'm just saying it's like it's got a lot of the same sort of like uh uh paranoid fear of the underbelly of suburbia using a lot of the same kind of like imagery. Now, I'm not going to call uh, the director of this film uh, comparable to David Lynch, but you know the parallels are there. Sure, they always are. Um, and this is like a super. We talked about this. A super valid form of filmmaking. I think everyone agrees with that. Um, but I, I think it's so funny how often myself and my guests are surprised by like when these movies remind you of actually good movies. Yeah. And also, a lot of times what I find is I'm like, was this movie the basis for that movie? I don't think that's the case here with Cyber Seduction. But, um, yeah, definitely in the past for sure. So, Justin is fucking horny as hell. Um, When he gets back to his parents' house, Diane's on the phone catching up with her friend who she just made over, who's a teacher at this school, by the way. I don't know if she was the teacher first and then the friend or the friend and the teacher. But either way... There's some um, issues that come up for me there later on in terms of where this woman is in the family's life. Um, She's asking her, you know, how was your date? And she goes, it was amazing. He practically jumped on me when I walked in. And Diane's like, and that's a good thing. And she goes, honey, at my age, it's a great thing. Diane's like, hey, I'm your age. I just, I love her. I think she's a really good lady. And she has this confidence that comes across in her voice. I think that, like, when a a person has a very solid voice like this, like, you just believe everything they're saying a little bit more. But she speaks with authority. And I just, like, believe her shit. Like, anything this woman would tell me, I'd be like, yeah, that's probably right. Um, Justin's brother is being an absolute piece of shit. Now, I do want to point out that this family's fucking poor. And these people do not act, like, these kids do not act like they're from a poor family. Yeah. We're talking video games. We're talking PC in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. We're talking chocolate ice cream. We're talking talking back. We're talking about begging mom for this. Or, I mean, I grew up in a family where, you know, my mom was a single mom and raised me and things were tight. I did not I didn't ask for shit. Like I certainly didn't wouldn't be like I'm playing a video game and I want more. We weren't allowed to have any of that. Yeah, and, and high quality racing swimsuits are not cheap, you know. You need the if you're gonna compete in states, you gotta you gotta shot a little little coin for that. Yeah, one hundred percent. This family I at this point thought though Diane was a single mom because, you know, she seems so burdened. I wanna know more about that. Where's dad? Is there a dad? Um, Justin's up in his room talking away on AOL. Uh, Timmy sends a message that says, Stroke Man. So this is the thing. He's a swimmer, so they call him Stroke Man. Yes. But what you're going to find out is that he's also a chronic masturbator. So Stroke Man is, you know, kind of like, I don't know, Timmy was foreshadowing. And his name is Peterson. How about that? Oh, there's that. Yeah. Wow. They really, by the way, there's no shortage of like metaphors throughout this entire movie. Mm -hmm. Like every other word I really felt. I was like, oh, that's a pun. There's something. Okay. They're doing that there. Which maybe I like to think was the writer doing what he could with like his limitations. I think the writer was trying to do puns, but puns as tragedy. 
not to make you laugh, but to make you cry. Okay, yeah, there's that. Which is a very novel approach to screenwriting. I like that. That'd be like a fun book. You should write that. Pun tragedy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it that, but like that's sort of like a, you know, that's like the elevator pitch. Sure. So he goes, check out at Monica's page. I didn't really know we were doing at signs. I graduated, in co- I graduated college in 06 when this movie was made. Twitter came out a little bit after I graduated college. Um, I didn't know we were doing at signs I didn't in 2005. Either. That, that's, that's the weirdly like, this movie's timeline this is, is all over the place. This is the sole advanced thing in this movie. Not only is it advanced, it's predicting the future. I mean, is that where they got it? I don't know. Jack Dorsey hit me up. Are you a nacho expert? So, nacho experts is the name of our fandom, by the way. Got it. Oh, and I also want to say, what's up, Juno Temple? Um, she doesn't listen to this, but, uh, you know, scored on your bingo card at home. I mention her every episode. So Monica's MySpace has this video where she's, you know, she's looking like she's about to have some private time in her bed. Um, and then dad gets home. And again, I don't know why I assume the mom was single. I, I don't also know really how financially they are as broke as they are, given like the, da- the insane amount of work the dad does. The fact that mom seems to be like grinding herself into the ground. They have no savings. They have n- I don't understand where the money goes in this family which made me think the dad had a whole secret life, but it's much more boring than that. Um, let's play 650 to 806 when we meet the worst dad. He's so annoying. Hey, hey. So, what's it feel like, huh? <laughs> Mr. Allstate, high school hero. You know, everyone's pretty stoked about it. No, you deserve it. Hey, Dad. You know what's really cool, though? He put my plaque next to Mom's in the same case. Right there in front of the gym. Man, rule! (laughs) So how was your day? Half the customer service guys are out sick. So making you earn that raise, huh? Hardly qualifies as a raise. So, what's that? Oh, that, um... B&B in San Francisco, I just got their brochure. Great romantic getaway for our 20s. How much? Look first, and then we'll talk. Ooh, nice. Looks expensive. All right, so mom and dad are still horny for each other. Right. That's a great message. It's I good. definitely thought dad had a little something on the side already. He's, he brings uh, an incredibly unmodulated uh, energy to his performance. He, he goes everywhere. Total haywire shit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because he's like, he's seven different men during this movie mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, for sure. But um, again, where the fuck is the money going? And I want to point out that. Another reason why I don't think this family is actually poor is because what, like, good two parents that have raised two boys, like, one who's killing it, going to states, you know, they're coming home, he's been burning the midnight oil, 
and their kid is blasting music like that in the house, absolutely not. Yeah. Would that have happened in a two-bedroom or four-bedroom that they're living, three-bedroom home in how many, suburbia? How many no parents way. worked on this movie, right? Like, how many of them were like, oh, that's not my house, right? Someone's got to step in and go, I don't know how you raise your kids, Mr. Director, but... Not that way. Well, I'm just like, take something away. Yeah. Like, yeah. make the kid, make like Andy or Alex or whatever the fucking idiot's name is, like, make him less bratty or like, you know, no video games or something. But there's a lot of stuff going on here for me to believe these people are genuinely poor. So Justin is still up in his room looking at that one picture of Monica. Her bra is barely showing. Like, it's almost like as if her bra has slipped out of her T-shirt and she just needs to pull up the neck. None of this is very scandalous stuff. Mom comes into his room and uh, she drops a pair of his underwear on the floor and goes, I'm not just a nice lady who works here. Mm. So Stroke Dude uh, is talking to Timmy. And Timmy tells him that they're having a party that weekend and that Monica will be there and he's got to come. So now we go to... Our two lovebirds, um, Justin and Amy, they're getting to the party and people are already wasted. We've noticed that Timmy's dad is one of those dads. He's there drinking with the kids, hanging out in the yard. But a lot of the kids are down in the basement with Timmy and Monica watching a porno. Did you ever watch a porno in a group in high school? Never. Never. Um, which is which is surprising. Uh, mostly it's probably because I didn't uh, uh, hang out in too many groups of friends that often in high school. But uh, when I did talk to friends about uh, porn, we were very open about it. So, like, no, we never watched it in, like, a party situation. But maybe they did when I wasn't going to the parties. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. I mean, we never – I never was in a situation like that either. And I think that it probably would have happened, especially during a certain period in middle and high school. We were all, like, really hanging out in basements. Like, we couldn't go to the movies by ourselves yet. And people were doing the J.O. They were jerking off. No. They were familiar with the material. And I thought maybe, you know, someone would put it on at a slumber party or something, but it just never happened. Oh, I thought you said that they were actually, you know, you know No, in the their life, thing. they were doing the old J.O. Oh, I see. see. Yeah, yeah. I mean? We were, I mean, like, I remember, like, talking about, like, porn all the time with, like, my middle and high school friends. But it never got to that point. Any, like, great little nuggets of one of your friend's kinks or something we can share? Anonymously, of course, no, not to shame. Well, it was – so the thing that <laughs> when, – when people started uh, jacking off uh, when they were, like, 11 or 12 in my generation, what you would do is you would go to Newgrounds.com, which was a place for, like, like Sammy's flash Sammy's nodding, games, which is, like – And – I'm so freaked out. And there would be, like – there would be uh, X-rated games – where, like, if you, uh, you know, like, got the, like, click the right spot in, like, the puzzle or something, like, there's a picture of a girl and then she takes her shirt off. Oh, sure. That's like having a dot wave file of Dane Cook. Like, that's what we talked yeah. about. Like, you just have a gif of a porn. Yeah, of. exactly. And that was, like, that was everybody's first thing that they jacked off to. Sure. It was, like, the first porn that they, that they like, consumed. But everybody did it. And it was so funny because I found out, because, like, one of my friends mentioned it. 
but I had never mentioned it to them, and it was like, oh, you found it too? So was it all just basic, like, you know, tits and stuff? Yeah. Or was it, like, yeah. you know, was more fetishy stuff getting No, involved? well, that, it came like, that came, like, a little bit later, but, like, it was, like, definitely was that. That was also, like, the same place there was where a lot of people found hentai as well. Yeah. Because it's, like, the same kind of environment. Sure. Um, so that was also the thing that started there as well. Thankfully, that almost nearly escaped my generation. Yeah, you guys There's got right in under the wire. basement dwellers that really love that stuff. I mean, we were still of the anime time, but for sure I did not know of, uh, I mean, maybe a couple guys. I would say a couple probably. Yeah, Jerked yeah. it to cartoons Definitely. for sure. But yeah, it makes sense. In a GIF, you can't really set up a lot of like storytelling. It's hard to like execute a kink, I'm sure, in a, in a GIF. No, yeah. Um, so I call them GIFs, not GIFs. I will never, to this day, I do not know which one is the right one. And I promise you, I will never learn. We grew up calling it a GIF. And then like the inventor of the GIF file came out in like 2007 and said, oh, it's called a GIF. And we all like, our brains broke. I call it GIF because GIF is the peanut butter. Correct. And he was saying, yeah, I named it after the peanut butter. That's not true. Fuck. I hate that guy. Make, yeah. Call it GIF, GIF. Make it easier. I don't. It's what right. it, it's it's GIF. Well, it'll always be GIF. So they all congratulate each other on the meat from last week where Justin made states. Justin says he can't drink right now because he's done eating for the day. He's a he's a calorie baby. He's watching that. I think that's interesting. All the kids are in the basement. They're watching this porn. Monica cannot keep her eyes off of Justin. And um, she's clearly annoyed that Amy is there. Let's play 934 to 11 minutes. Oh. Oh. Hey, dude. Type up naked college babes. It's just to see what comes up. Those are such losers. How'd you like it if we watched naked guys? Yes. This is hilarious. These people are freaks. Are you having fun? Boring and boring. Boring. Use your dad's credit card. You know, get to the prime meat. Yeah, because I, I I want my dad knowing I look at this kind of crap. Timmy, P911, P911. Got a tracker. Hey, guys. Hey, sir. Everybody okay? Do you need uh, any more sodas? I think we're cool, Dad. God, I remember that game. Dad? <sighs> All right. All right. If you need anything, call me. Okay? Have fun, Daddy. Thanks, Mr. Yeah. Jenkins. Okay, so Lifetime does a great job, as always, of setting up that there are three different types of girls in a situation like this. There's the real Verge over there, Amy. She's appalled by all of this, like, can't even believe she's in this situation. Then we have uh, Monica over there, who is calm, normal, this is everyday shit, unfazed. 
And then we have the two girls on the couch who are in that middle point, which I think I constantly live in, which is just like shock, disgust, confusion. What would, you know, what would guys think if we watched this? I don't know. Guys probably wouldn't think much if you watched it. But it's very interesting always how Lifetime likes to denote, like, maybe you're this girl, maybe you're this girl, but follow the story. You meet, they always give you someone to identify with. Um, so Monica's eye fucking the shit out of him as they're doing all this. And Amy's like, look, you know, I just don't get the whole porn thing. It's so mechanical, you know, animal planet shows healthier relationships. And he's like, you know what? I didn't know you were into animal porno. I'm sorry I brought you there though. Um, and he tells her, you know, personally, I'm not into that kind of stuff. She tells him, um, that for her, sex is something that has to come from the heart. And, you know, he kind of basically at this point, He's like, yeah, I agree. It's going to be magical when we do it. But he's also clearly just saying this to get laid. Which makes me sad because I feel like he and Amy could have had a real thing. And I think Amy is like avoiding or sorry, bypassing many opportunities to convert him. Like throughout this whole movie, I'm like, Amy, come on. I'm not trying to run a cult here. But if you're going to convert a lost soul, now's the time. Yeah, I mean, if he's as susceptible to the, you know, dark vices of internet porn, he can find God. Yeah, absolutely. Bring him over to Hillsong, you know, get him to drain his savings or whatever, drain his bone. Um, malls. Um, so <laughs> um, when he gets home, he's very frustrated about this. He gets online and there's a chat going a mile a minute on there. Timmy texted him and said, hey, man, like, you left before you could see this. And it's just some boobs uh, he missed. I clicks on it. And moments after he opens the page, mom wakes up just out of nowhere. She has a feeling, a mom feeling. And she hears noises. Like, it sounds like a cracking noise coming from his room, which I'm like, was that supposed to be, like, some sort of, like, maybe alluding to him beating off or something? But there's, like, a noise from his room that there's no follow-up on when mom comes out into the hallway, sneaks like a little peek into the crack of the door and sees that he's looking at some boobies, right? So she's like, what's going on? He's like, nothing, I'm going to bed. So she wakes up her husband. She goes, Steve, wake up. Justin's looking at porn. And he goes, okay. And he goes right back to bed. And she's like, no, seriously, Steve, he's looking at naked girls on the computer. Do you think that's normal? And he tells her, you know what? That's what teenagers do. They look at pictures of big boobs And she's like, you know what? I don't want him to see girls like that. I don't want him looking at women like that. And I have to say, in that moment, I was like, you know what, Diane? I feel you. I feel overall it's unreasonable to assume your son's not looking at tits. But I agree. You don't want your child to see a woman like that. So um, Justin gets uh, out of bed once he thinks the coast is clear and he gets back online. The next day at swim practice, to beat it. The next day at swim practice, Justin... um, He's uh, looking a little sloppy in the pool because he finally jerked off and now he can't swim anymore. That's true. That Those are directly correlated. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it is it is what the incels say. It's like totally that no fap community. Yeah. Like, there is something to that, you know? Definitely. It's I think there's something to it. No, for sure. I mean, I, I could have been such a bad... I would have won the 100 flight states if I wasn't, you know deep in the recesses of internet pornography and you'd be a successful gamer i'd be a successful gamer as well i'd be a professional gamer with the swimmer's bod yeah but i i mean it is that classic you know you can't jerk off for the super bowl tom brady yeah you know you got to keep the kids in so um the coach is pissed the coach does give me tim meadows vibes at certain points like when he played the teacher in mean girls 
I've never seen Mean Girls. Okay, well, it's like a great <laughs> movie you should see. It's a very big comedy from the a formative decade. Um, so the coach tells them, you know, this is a sorry excuse for a score. You know it. Making state doesn't mean that you don't need to work hard. Um, and Amy's like, what's wrong? What's going on? He's like, no, I'm just tired. So... Justin can't help but notice that the coach, uh, the other coach, has some big jugs. Okay, he watches her move in slow motion. So the basically, it's all ha- it's all happening. That that leering camera thing. It's 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 nuts how much the camera just leans into that. That's well, not I okay. mean, what it's trying to do is it's trying to show us, yo, once you watch porn, every ass, every ankle, every tit, every flip of the hair, mm-hmm. every naked yeah. wrist you see. You're just going to be thinking about going to Pound Town 24-7. But, but like you alluded to, the the impulse in our main character was already there. He was already a horn dog before he got well into the rabbit hole of internet porn, which is another thing that this, this movie has in common with Blue Velvet, as if it suggests that the monster is within you all along. Right. So this is actually brings up – so my friend is a cam girl. She's a just – works in that whole community and is friends with lots of sex workers. And I talked to her about this because she's a big fan of Lifetime movies. And I said, I know Lifetime will run with themes. Like they do deadly blank, killer blank, something seduction. And I said to her, something about the term cyber seduction is not sitting well with me given the theme of this movie. And I understand that the internet porn like sort of brought this on but it's not like these naughty cam girls are seducing you like part of this has you are a willing participant in this it's like feeding an addiction like like you know the hard rock cafe casino in vegas if that exists is not responsible for your fucking gambling addiction yeah you know and so i kind of don't like cyber seduction because it almost puts the blame on the cam girl for putting the material out there Mm-hmm. It didn't sit well with me, and I and my friend really like she pointed it out, and she was like, "Yeah, it's, this is why." So, for anyone else out there, I do think that though, you know, once you see some hardcore shit, when we're not talking about your church girlfriends, you know, you know, B cups underneath or whatever sweater that is, I think that you know, when we go to seeing extreme bondage, big fake tits, like graphic sex scenes, when you go into all of that, yeah, you're gonna start being like, oh. Maybe it's all a little bit more sexy and advanced than I thought. Definitely. I mean, that's that's what something that that uh, porn does to a lot of like young dudes like me and people I knew was like it made you just like way too privy to those specific like, like sensationalistic sex things, even though you'd like never kissed a girl. Yeah. Right? So you just come into it with all this fucking baggage. Yeah, it's interesting to think of someone being, like, disappointed by the time to, they get to something that probably would have never happened otherwise Absolutely. in their life, yeah. you know? Um, so as he's walking through the hallway, again, a sight of a midriff. He's got a boner. He can't pay attention. His life is ruined now. The next day at work, Diane asks a coworker if there's a way to track the kid's internet history. And she's like, why? Why are you spying on your kid? And she says, you know, she, I don't want to spy. I don't want to be that mom. But Justin's been looking at some stuff. She says that, you know, you can always clear the history on your computer. So the kids, no matter what, they're going to get around you. And um, Diane says to her coworker, the Internet is scary these days. And her coworker says, you have no idea. So I want to talk about just this quickly, a little Internet history thing. I know that people are always like these days, but the Internet was created for this. 
the exact thing that we see in this movie is what the internet was created for. People could say all day long that it's for all sorts of advancements in technology and communication, but ultimately the internet, as far as a lot of people are concerned, was created to be something that people could move, porn files, you know, adults or children or whatever. I mean, there's like a huge undercurrent to what the internet really is. And so when people say these days, I'm like, look at the roots. It's been this since the beginning. Much like America itself, we've always been corrupt. You know what I mean? That's right. Preach. So um, Justin walks up to Amy in the hallway and he takes her earphones off. He goes, what are you listening to? Oh, Smushfoot again? Is Smushfoot real? I don't know. Because then he says like, he's like, oh, I listen to way better stuff than you. Green Day rules. Um, and then he calls over to Monica and he's like, Monica, Green Day or Smushfoot? And she goes, Smushfoot's for altar boys. Green Day all the way. I thought it was Swishfoot. Smushfoot. Smushfoot? That's a much worse name. I don't know. I kind of liked it. Um, but I always wonder, I'm like, maybe if, if Smushfoot is fake, it's because they didn't want to like put a real band like on blast. Yeah. Now they just do that to Nickelback. People are lazy. They just go straight for... They go straight for Nickelback. Well, you know, Van Gogh was derided in his time as well, so, you know, history will be kind to Nickelback. Yeah, I mean, I do have to ask what the fuck Nickelback ever really did to anyone. Just they did, they made music for the people. Some people can't handle that. That's the other thing. What's wrong with for the people? That's right. That's why, you know, I had this girl who was working on me with my eBay for a while, and she'd be like, you know what? She's like, I don't know who's really going to buy that. And I was like, America's in crisis. I was like... Who's going to buy that? Someone who needs to fucking cover their body to go to their factory job. Put it online. We get the people. They're stuff. you got to feed the people. Lifetime feeds the people. So um, that night, Steve gets home late, and Diane's like, whoa, she didn't even realize how late it was. Now, I write in my notes, please do not tell me that Steve is cheating on Diane because he watched porn as a kid, too. But no, he flops down on the bed face first like a man who's been walking in the desert without water for years. And um, let's just kick it off at 1801 to 2143. Wow. Kill me now. Why are you this late? Well, I'm going to make San Francisco work. I have that. Oh, we're going? <laughs> I'll be in a body bag. Oh, oh. I think you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh, that feels great. Oh, this is why I married you. Not for love? Oh, for the love of your back rubs. No, please don't stop. I'll, I'll shut up. I'll shut up. I'll shut up. Oh, oh. So, where are the kids? Well, Alex went to bed early. Probably has homework he didn't want to finish, and Justin's in his room. You know, this would be a great time to have that little talk with him. What talk? About the stuff I saw on the computer. Oh, sweetheart, what am I supposed to say about that? Oh, you're you're the dad. I'm sure you'll think of something. It's not a pervert just because he wants to look at pictures of naked women. Multitasking? What? What's up? I mean, I've got a lot of math homework. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, your, uh, your mom was, uh, up late a couple of nights ago and she saw some pictures on your computer. 
Uh, I'm, I'm real sorry about that. It, it won't ever happen again, I promise. I mean, it's normal to me. Look, all guys want to look at pictures. When I was your age, we used to hide our playboys under the bed. Yeah? Yeah. But, uh, you know, relationships about more than just sex. Your mom was beautiful when I met her. I mean, she still is. Well, what we share is, you know, it's not just physical. You know, I mean, we, uh, we just enjoy each other's company. Does it make any sense to you? No. Sounds like mom sent you in here. <laughs> no. No, it's, it's me too. But she's worried that there might be a problem if you're, you know. No, no, dad, geez, there's no problem. I mean, you said it yourself. All guys do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I told her. <sighs> Something to worry about. Yeah. So, how's practice anyway? Huh? It's great. Well? No problem. What does that mean? Well, I told him there's more to life than big boobs. You're kidding, right? I said relationships are about more than sex. I brought up how we share the joys and heartaches that invariably come your way in life. Should I be writing this down? I, I know you're concerned, but he's a regular teenage boy. He's got to look at this stuff, then he moves on. It's normal. Damn. Okay. You know what's not normal? That huge ass dad. Yeah, honestly. That, that fucking ass is out. It is hard to have an ass in some no like no pocket pants like that. Truly. That's a nightmare. And I mean, he's really packing over there. So um, I think that sound alike he was listening to was for sure Pearl Jam meets um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I heard both shades. And I was having a real hard. I was really there's a song, but I can't think of what it is. But it's Pearl Jam. It's gonna come back to me. And I, by the way, I never mentioned Pearl Jam ever on this podcast, let alone twice in one episode. So um, my friend uh, Christina um, has used this to describe people before. Um, one person in particular that we knew. She said, I feel like that guy hires sex workers so he can call them racial epithets. And I was like, I think that that's who Steve is. Like, I, in my mind, I, I felt he was coming back from a motel where he probably got off at work at 5 p.m. like everyone else and had been railing someone in a hotel for like five hours. He exudes a phenomenal malice in a lot of his uh, line deliveries. He's got, he's got that, that aggression to everything he says that does, just doesn't go anywhere. But also, who are the two of them together? Like, she's so dynamic and great, and like, he's just this, you know, he's barely tuned in. But they're in love. They make it work somehow. They do make it work, and they keep it spicy. And I almost was like, if he was a sex addict, this is perfect, because she just thinks they have an active sex life. But in reality, he's just going to go home and have sex with her, too. True. You know? Keep it spicy, else you never know who's sleeping next to you. That night, Justin is in his bed. Um, when he gets a hankering to beat off again, he turns on his computer. Um, I think, by the way, this scene, when he turns on his computer, is where the poster came from. Um, and he shuts his door. The next day at swim practice, Justin is completely tuned out and looking at porno on the PDA device that belongs to Amy. 
Now, a PDA, from what I remembered, was just sort of like a phone that had web technologies but no actual phone, right? Uh, I have no idea what a PDA is. It was like a Palm Pilot, basically, okay. or like a Palm, but like before they before they could actually call. I got a Razor in like 2012, so I'm way behind on this stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think that it was basically like anything that could connect to the web or something like that, like okay. a Palm. All right. Okay. So... Well, this is, I only say, I'm only driving this home because it is important why she doesn't understand how this device works and what he's actually doing on it. So he's mailing himself porno links, um, writing writing subject lines like the good stuff. Oh, it's so great when he does that. It reminds me of like uh, how like you'll see like like old people comment on like Instagram pictures and like pictures of like women or like porn stuff this is like all like 65 year old men going "Mm, yes lovely booby or whatever you know what i mean oh so embarrassing it's so great i know i i just feel so bad when it's like someone's grandpa or something and he doesn't know he's publicly yeah yeah oh so sad poor people i just feel bad for people i don't know why i always the wrong ones too um so She's like, yo, why are you, what are you doing with my thing? And he's like, oh, I'm just like, you know, Googling beautiful things about you. And she's like, come on, you're playing a game. And he's like, duh. So basically that's where that ends. Uh, we don't, at this point, I'm like, why is this bimbo not just checking her scent file? But PDAs were new. We yep. don't even really know what one is. We go to Justin at home working on his paper. And this is the paper I think he's working on the whole movie. And at this point, he has exactly one and a half sentences down. Um, he keeps opening up the porn, though, and then all of a sudden he puts this little CD-ROM we haven't seen before right into um, whatever, the tower, wherever you put those things. Mom is on the phone describing to a client how she wants these girls to come for some shoot that she's doing. She says she doesn't want anything too slutty. Less is more. These pictures are going to be in a lot of magazines. The younger brother comes in. He's like, where's dinner? Interrupting her on the phone as a poor child would not because you'd be like, mom's doing work. If I talk to her, I'm going to get slapped. Um, and she goes, five minutes, go tell your brother. So he goes up to the room, doesn't knock, because he was raised without manners, and he sees Justin, you know, checking out these jugs on the internet. And he's like, let me see. And his brother's like, nah, dude, get the fuck out of here. He's like, I'm going to tell mom if you don't let me see. So they make this pact, okay? Alex can see the porn, but... He's going to get the shit beaten out of him and all of his Xbox games broken if he reveals this to anyone. And this seems like a silly little brotherly promise at the time, but this actually will come back and the the system of how these, these promises are made um, slowly deteriorates. So he shows him the porn, and uh, he's a changed man. Yeah. Five seconds later, we cut to dinner. This boy, Alex, is just staring off into the distance while slowly buttering a piece of bread. And for the first time, the chaos in this house that is caused by this younger child is completely still. The three of them are, like, struggling to make conversation. Justin's doing a little bit better because he's on day two of masturbating. But young Alex is, like, he's in the he's in the haze, right? So um, he's like, you know, can I go to Amy's later? And mom's like, no. You're not going to your girlfriend's house this late on a school night. If you need to do homework, you can do it over the phone. 
So once they change the subject from the can I go to Amy's house thing, mom's like, yo, Alex, why are you being so quiet? And he can't even talk. And Justin comes in with the, oh, he just killed the boss in Grand Theft Auto. He's really happy. Alex shoves some bread in his mouth so he can't talk. And then he and Justin high five at the kitchen table. I love this because it's like a pact. You know, they know what they're high fiving about. But what's interesting is, is that my grandmother always had this thing that if kids are agreeing Like, all of a sudden, two kids that never get along are automatically agreeing for some reason. Or kids are very quiet. Or kids are over laughing. There's always a problem there. Yeah. And I will say, in this case, there's a problem. Oh, your bratty little problem child is being quiet and staring into the, you know, space thinking about Grand Theft Auto. And now your older son who hates him is high-fiving him over that win. Yeah. Doubt it. Also, like, where, they have a PlayStation, too? I mean, what, are they made of money? Come they're on. Very, they're very wealthy. Mm-hmm. This is a rich family, and they're all lying. So Justin talks to his girlfriend that night, who explains that the Founding Fathers didn't talk about religion, but they were men of faith, even Washington. He prayed. He tells her that he thinks it's really cool that she talks about her faith, and she asks that if it means that if he'd ever go to church with her. And he's like, you know what? I don't know. Maybe. She goes, it really puts things into perspective for me. It comforts me. It makes all the other stuff that I worry about seem stupid. And then, of course, we see the reverse angle, and we see that while she's talking about this, he's staring at Monica, you know, in some stage of undress in a thong on his computer, which really kind of broke my heart. You know, yeah. this girl's, like, being real with him about his, her faith, and he's just like, yeah, I'm putting in the time so I can get to that sweet puss. Yeah, it's uh, it's a remarkably uh, bleak and accurate look at the way that uh, a young virgin men think. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very real. Uh, no, that's it. That's all I had to say about that. So Justin and Timmy walk down an alley together the next day, and they're talking about their disgusting masturbatory habits. And he tells them, you know what? For a scrawny sophomore and a virgin, you're an all right guy. I think Monica would fuck you. I can't fuck her because her boyfriend's my best friend, but she's getting sick of him. So um, he goes, you know what you need? A little bit of Monica. And I wrote my notes. Please tell me that they named the character Monica for that fucking Lou Bega Mambo number five joke. Possibly. It's also possible. Because I would have written her. I would have written that whole thing just for that line. It's also possible that uh, the script was written by the writer who then heard someone listening to Mambo number five mm-hmm. and then went back and said, look, we're going to change all of this. I don't care if somebody calls her Meg by mistake. She's going to be Monica. She's for Monica. Now. Yeah. Cause you need a little bit of Monica in your life. Um, Ed and I always, my best friend and I like when we were on our, like, yeah, like I'm going on a lot of dates, my slut game. Like we just text, hey, what are you doing tonight? A little bit of Monica. Like that was like <laughs> the way that we would communicate wow. that we were on our way out to go play some guy, whatever the fuck we were thinking when we were 22. So Alex is hanging out after school with one of his friends. He brings um, them up some milk and sandwiches and they're in Justin's room, which I was like, damn, okay. So the whole family is using that computer in his room. His friend Thomas is adorable. Um, and he's like, hey, Thomas, like, want to see something? So he pro- makes him promise that he will never tell. He uh, can't tell my brother. He can't tell anyone. He says, sure. So he shows, him, he shows him the goods. Justin's playing video games at Timmy's house. And Timmy's frustrated with how bad Justin is at all this. But what he doesn't, what Timmy doesn't understand is that Justin is like, you know, obsessed with vagina now. He can't think about the video game. And I like this because Timmy... He's, like, not in that phase. Timmy can sit and play a video game because he's not a virgin. 
True. He's over it. Yeah. Justin's over there, can't even handle the controller. Absolutely. So Justin's like, hey, let's find this. And Timmy's like, oh, is it a new game? And he's like, no, dude, something much hotter. So he pulls up something that he found the night before that he liked, and it's some bondage. It's light bondage. It's like um, Spencer's gifts, right. like costume bondage. But as soon as he pulls it out, Timmy's like, no, man, put that away. What, are you sick? God, you've gotten so scuzzy. And he's like so turned off. A hard kink shame really early on. Not, not, not woke. This is not a woke movie. It's not a woke movie, but I will tell you that I'm okay with it here for some reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I like that Timmy has a, has a you know, that, that's too far. No, no, no. So the next day at school, um, Diane is there. She's tearing up the butterfly. And Justin sees her. He's just, like, there to go look at his mom swimming in the pool. Um I do think that there is an odds to me. There's always can be sometimes in lifetime movies, a sexual undercurrent between the mother and son. I thought it was blatant here. I thought it was like profound. And I thought that was like a big part of like why I think swimming as a sport might be such a object of focus in movies like this is because it is a, a co-ed sport that is also like heavily, you know, nudity involved and that and that's probably the only one of that type. So it makes sense that there would be a lot of like charged like kind of stuff going on in the air with that. Um speaking from experience, that's how a lot of people that I swam with perceived it. So, you know, it all of this tracks. I feel it. Do you follow the old school cool Reddit? The who what old now? school cool. It's like pictures that people post of like, oh, this is my grandfather back in Ecuador drinking a Coke or oh, something no. or like whatever. It's a very fucking common theme for people to be like, look at how hot my mom was in 1970. Or Damn. like, my dad was such a hunk in 1965. Imagine. And it's always like our Oedipus complex. Like, it just all goes back to that. Like, it's, oh, you want to fuck your parents. I'm okay, going to go cool. post online to strangers about how hot my parent was. Mm-hmm. No, unprompted. Yeah. So um, he's thinking about swimming with his mom when he was younger, during a simpler time when he wasn't desperate to see boobs. Um, And she asks him if he wants to join, but he says no. He just stopped by to see if she was still working out. Um, She's like, what's going on? And he's like, not much. And he's like, hey, nice stroke, by the way. And she goes, it's nothing compared to college. So she's like, what happened today? And he's like, nothing. I just have a headache. I didn't eat. And she goes, nice. And, like, the mom, like, does some things where it's like, come on, he didn't eat. Like, she's like, nice one. Like, the way she says it, it's like, he just didn't eat. Like, he wasn't trying to attack you, lady. Um, All right, so moving forward, uh, we also established now that he has a uh, Red Bull addiction. It's some sort of energy drink that he keeps in his desk drawer. He keeps them well-stocked, the monsters under under the computer there. And was that, like, his own thing that he was also hiding Mm, maybe it's he has like an addictive personality. Maybe he's. Just, I, I think that's what it is for sure. Or maybe it's like a like a kid version of like how you Coke. Know, yeah, in Goodfellas, you gotta you gotta keep. It's keep, very yeah. Keep high to keep moving, you know, and then eventually you're gonna start seeing all the helicopters. Yeah. Um. So the next day at the meet, Justin is using uh, Amy's PDA to send himself all sorts of stuff. And mom and Steve are there drinking sodas, getting ready to cheer him on. And then next thing we know, Justin's meat is up, his heat rather, and he's nowhere to be found. And Amy's coming over like, dude, what are you doing? This, this boy who was qualifying for state just 
days earlier, now doesn't even know how to make it to the block in time for his race. This boy's gone. Yeah. He's spilling Gatorade everywhere, disrespecting mm -hmm. the other teammates. The coach is pissed. Yeah, it, it's it's very it's very interesting to see how how like this like they try to shoehorn uh, symptoms of other addictions into uh, porn addiction mm -hmm. to make it like more resonant with just like whoever audiences is like yeah, and he's kind of an alcoholic as well. Don't let him get behind the wheel after he's watched too many porns. Well, the thing that I do like about this though is that it really is showcasing it the way that it would for example gambling yeah right where it's just like you get really your vision gets blurry like literally and you know just sort of like your whole life perspective gets fucked up you're chasing that dragon um and i think he's you know chasing that masturbation dragon that is the one thing though is i do wonder what are you really looking for as a sex addict because it's never going to be that first hit. Are you looking for the first hit the way that heroin addicts do? I it's it's I don't think no, definitely not. I mean, I you, you're not even looking for like, and this they get to this at the end of the movie, but he, I don't. He's not even looking for sex. It's just like the 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 internet porn is just a kind of like the adrenaline. What, just it's just feeding the demon, you know. It's just like there's a little demon in your head, and you're just kind of just like giving it a kind of like token. It, right. It's almost it's joyless. So he fucked up the whole meet, and his mom looks, like, just devastated. So when we get home from the meet, we see that Alex has been sitting in Justin's room, getting familiar with the work himself. Mm -hmm. He's passed it on. Steve and Diane get home, and Diane is on fire about this whole thing that's going on. Let's go to 3540 to 3655. Well, he can't afford to screw up like this. College coaches are aware of him now. You, know, you never know when one of them will show up at a meet. I know. He's got one shot. One. Swimming. College is... Justin's only chance at a good college is in the pool. You know, maybe we need to consider the fact that he's not like you, okay? He can't, under pressure, respond like oh, you can. Oh, he's better than I was. He's faster. He's stronger. There's, there's something else going on. I just... I can't talk to him. Well, you want me to talk to him? Didn't do much good the last time. Thanks. Well, <laughs> you know what I think? What? I think you're pushing him way too hard to be like you. Oh, I am not. Let him be who he wants to be. We can afford some college. Some college? Well, why not? I'm working my butt off to make so some extra money I. so that both the boys <sighs> will have opportunities. So am I, Stephen. But it's never going to be enough for even some college. Did you make those reservations for San Francisco? can't afford it and now's not the time to go away so all right so at this point i'm we're on dad number three yes he's a totally new person yeah. he even looks a little bit different yeah he's he's like a little like heavier and 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 more docile he seems a little more substantial though in some ways to me like the first dad we got was like very character actor from the 80s yeah and now i'm starting to move into someone i i might see on seventh heaven a show sure. that comes up on this show every single week um so yeah i i did think that this is where we were going to start to see more signs of an affair or something else but it just didn't come so <laughs> that's what she said um, Justin goes to the pool and decides to swim it out. He kind of looks like he's limping a little bit for some reason. He strips down nude next to the pool and starts doing laps. I'm pretty sure that, like, 
for some reason, although he is the minor, I feel like this is an extra criminal act. Yeah. Like, there's a nude child. Who's going to... You can't you can't walk in on that without committing a crime. Absolutely. Yeah. Who wants to be in that room? So, Diane's putting stuff away in Alex's room, and she finds a DVD that he had pocketed earlier when they were at the swim meet in his top drawer that's titled Virgin Vaginas. Yeah, that, that's... I'm a, sorry. That's iconic. No, it's a great title. It's very... It's, it's clean. It, it's better than most <laughs> porn titles. It's very, like... That's very, like, a good album you like name. You know what Sammy? I mean? Sammy's fucking dying. It's like a, it's like a name of like a really like like a hot indie band. You know what I mean? Well, this is so this is we get a great line coming up because actually Virgin Vaginas is a great name for great like name. a total. I could totally feel that. Absolutely, it feels very like Violent Femmes to me. Where I'm Perfect. like, okay, yeah. get a wild sound. Okay, Justin sinks down under the water where he's surrounded by sexy nymphs, um, all sorts of mer, mer creatures of all types. Yet another David Lynch parallel here. Another dream sequence, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you really? I mean, let's look into this director. Actually, well, oh, uh, McL- uh, it's like Tom McLaughlin. Tom McLaughlin. The movie he directed before this was a made-for-TV movie about the DC sniper, uh, made perilously close to the actual events of the DC sniper thing, uh, which is uh, strange. He also directed. Oh, I think I know exactly. I think I remember that being a big deal. Yeah. Because people were like, how distasteful. And was that before 9-11? It was right after. Okay. Because I remember like, actually, yes. So that happened. And I remember everyone being like, well, oh, what are we going to do? Make movies about 9-11? And then sure enough, two years later, 9-11 movies. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So he's going in his David Lynch moment. He's having his moment. But little does he know that at home, the whole family is sitting around. Dad is tapping virgin vaginas in his hand. Like, they have nothing to do. I hate this moment in movies so much when the whole family has nothing to do except sit and stew and wait for another person to show up to yell at. Oh, the, the, the sheer pathos, the pain on display. Keep her hands busy. We do see Diane do that later on, which I loved that she wasn't just like waiting there. But you guys are all you work so hard. Turn on a show. Yeah. So basically, I just want to play this whole scene. Thirty eight fifty eight to forty fifty seven. Can I go to bed now? No. But I have a geography test tomorrow. You'll sit here until your brother gets home. You better have an explanation. Like what? The Virgin Vaginas are a new band. What's going on? Your mother found this in Alex's room. What is it? Porn. Did he get it off your computer? You say that? Doesn't matter what he said. We're asking you. There's a bunch of guys at school razzing me. I mean, you know, because me and Amy are so conservative about having sex and stuff. Yeah, so? So they sent me these pictures. Which guys? I don't know exactly. It was a bunch of them. They did as kind of a joke. A joke? You think sending porn is a joke? It's garbage, Justin, and I don't want it in my house, ever. Do you understand? Yes. However you got it, either your brother found it himself or you showed it to him, which I hope to God you didn't do. I found it. You found it? On accident. I'm sorry, Mom. All right. Go to bed. Listen, these friends that sent you this crap, those friendships are over. Yes, Dad. Look, I'm sorry. 
I really am. What do you think? Well, I don't think he's lying. See, that was one of my favorite looks of disgust that she did this whole movie. Yeah. I'm telling you, this woman should win an award just for coming up with so many ways to show the same emotion and sell each one. Right. Yeah. Because they didn't give her a lot to work with. They gave her one emotion to do. And she sells it every time. Like, it's the first time she's felt that way, which is really a powerful skill. Um I do want to say that I just had a realization about who Diane is in this relationship. Go for it. Lil Xan. Okay, um, that one's lost on me. You know Lil Xan? Is he a SoundCloud rapper? Yes, okay, very that's, famous. That's He's from Redlands, California. All right, cool. And he dated Noah Cyrus, who I don't care how cool you are, you know Miley, you know Billy Ray. Okay, I know okay. those people, yeah. Right, there's no awards being handed out for not knowing Lil Xan, so let's just be clear, everyone, fucking read about Lil Xan right now. You won't be, time won't be wasted for it. You'll love it. To be fair, I don't, I don't know a lot of musicians, so. I don't know any of his music, but I just know his, like, he has, like, this such a meme little face. Like he's a you face tech him, guy, right? Yeah. yeah if you yeah, saw yeah. his face, oh, he's the one who did the kiss meme where like he smushed up against his girlfriend's face at the VMAs and it's Noah Cyrus. Anyway, okay. they broke up because she sent him a photoshopped nude of Charlie Puth. And it was a nude photo of him with like this singer's face. And Lil Xan thought that she was sending him like a pornographic photo of this singer. Uh-huh. And it is clearly, this singer is clearly not some like toned seven foot ripped man with a giant dong, right? He's, it's clearly a Photoshop photo. Well, Lil Xan, he's off the Xans. So he goes nuts. And he's like, well, if you're going to cheat on me, I'm going to cheat on you. And it turned into like a four-day internet brawl that was priceless. And I don't regret a moment of it. That's incredible. I'm really pissed I don't know about this. Yeah, it was really good. And you sound really pissed. No, no, um, no. I actually am, though. But, you know, I do, I do want to say with that, Noah Cyrus, everyone like, sided with her and was like, Oh my God, that's so fucked. Like, what a lame. Like, who would ever, you know, break up with a girl because she's like sent you a porn as a joke? And I'm like, yo, why is she publicizing that she sent this? This is like, this that's is crazy. I would never be like, oh, I've been sending Photoshop nudes of other celebs to my boyfriend and he dumped me over it. Like, I'd keep that internal. Oh, yeah, that, that looks bad for all parties. I involved. would never go wide and be like, Lil Xan dumped me because I was sending revenge porn of someone who didn't ask oh, for Oh, this guy. I just looked up his face. Those yeah, easy, Diego. Easy Lil Xan. There you go. Okay, I know this guy. We uh, love yes. Xan. Yeah, this is a phenomenal, iconic image. This is, a, this is a great face, a face of the future. Yeah, I went to the Chili. He's in Redlands, California, from where he's from. And I really thought Redlands was going to be, like, a fucking disaster because the way he talks about it, he's always like, no one gets out of Redlands, man. You either do meth or you, you become a SoundCloud rapper. That's sort of his motto. It's actually a really nice town. <laughs> it's, like, super lovely. Yeah. And when I went into the Chili's, which I love, um, I go to the guy working there. I'm like, hey. I was like... I don't live here. I'm like, do you mind if I ask you, like, is Redlands, is this a cool town? Like, do you guys like it? Is it safe? Is it cool? He's like, yeah, why do you ask? I'm like, I'm going to be real with you, man. I watch a lot of Lil Xan interviews. And the way he talks about Redlands, I fully thought 
that this would be like I'd be getting served by faces of meth.com. I was like, you all look like really, he's like, no, he's like, this is a really nice town. He's like, that's fucking crazy that he says that. Just so you know, you should feel comfortable walking up to someone and saying, hey, is this town trash? Yeah, absolutely. That's a strong way to like, you know, make friends with people. But you know what? He liked me a lot and I did get a free margarita. What? And then Chili's, uh, dot com, Chili's at Chili's, I tweeted the day that Diego had his first fake pregnancy thing with his girlfriend a congratulations to him as well as a picture of the chilies in redlands california that my friend took of it just the exterior no one was in it it's a beautiful picture of chilies chilies retweeted me they loved my tweet about Lil zan's baby that's huge and then i tweeted them and i said can i have 20 dollars?" and they were like you know what yeah and then i dm'd them my email who hits me Chili's with a gift card for what? How much you think? Uh, 25. 50. Whoa. And they said 50 is better than 20. And I was like, Chili's, I'm not worthy. That's ins- I got to start asking people for money and calling towns trash for free margaritas. I, I'm missing out on a whole slice of life. Well, you know, the thing that I think one can't have that I do is my personality. You know what I mean? Not everyone oh, can walk into yeah, a, a Chili's the, got, and say, hey, is this town trash or is Lil Xan lying? Yeah, I and, got this other. And elicit other, a giggle, you know? I got this other personality that, I, that I'm working with. And I don't know if that one will. Just come in light. I think people like it when you come in light. Light? Okay, light. All Suggest right. a comfortability. Okay. All right, I'll work on that. I'm very comfortable with you, but it could be because you're a fan. Yeah. Okay. Um. So... Justin goes for his uh, nightly jerk-off, and his parents are in bed. And he sits on the side of his bed. He thinks better of it. So he goes back to bed. Diane's at school the next day when the bell rings, and she's there to see the same teacher who she gave that 20-minute makeover to before she got railed at the hotel. And the teacher comes out. Now, this is, again, why I want to know. Is the teacher her friend from IRL, or is Diane around the school and got to be friends with this teacher? Because she knows an awful lot about this teacher, which we're going to find out over this next scene. There's a lot going on here. But later on, she's going to repeat some of of this information to her son, which doesn't thankfully come back within the movie. But I do have a a question about how ethical or right that is to talk about. It's very, it's, it's very strange. And also just the whole addiction aspect. Like, at a certain point, we're telling other people's stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. When does, um, this teacher's, you know, perverted ex-husband come into the play here. Where's, where is he at in his recovery? Right. All right, I just thought I'd give it a shot. Are you oh. free? Oh, oh, no. Reading freshman book reports is yeah. my lunch. Well, another time I just uh, needed some advice about something, so... Well, I've got a sec. Um, what's up? Oh. Um, 
I don't really remember the details, and, and, it's, and it's, it's none of my business, okay? But, um, didn't you break up with Tom have something to do with, like, internet porn? Oh, my God, is Steven? No, no, uh, it's, um, it's Justin. Justin. My marriage was destroyed because of his addiction to internet porn. Oh, um, you gotta go. Um, I'm sure this is like some silly teenage stuff. No, Di, we gotta talk more about this. And, and you have got to monitor his computer. Yeah. Got it. Thanks. See you later. Okay. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.